Good evening, good evening on this awesome Sunday night. Trust you had a phenomenal Sunday so far. We had services and good reports came out of the small gatherings of 50 people. And even new people came to the services. Phenomenal what God is doing. It's amazing how this lockdown made people aware that what we live for and how we live for is important because the importance is not the things, but God, that's our only help. Now, there's an important scripture, and we're busy with the theme this whole August of let thy will be done. The greatest prayer you can pray. That's the starting point of something great because for three services, we spoke on here I am. And we showed you the eight people that said, here I am. And, and the eighth one was Jesus said, here I am to us. I'm knocking on the door. And whatever viewers this morning said, Lord, here I am. I want to take you further on the journey. It's a, it's a very interesting subject how our minds can be made up with something. And whatever you've made up your mind, nothing is going to change you. While somebody asked me, said, give me a one-liner or a few. How did you make it so far in ministry? How do you, <laughs> what, what keys can you give us? You'll hear I talk a lot about keys. And I said, stay humble and stay teachable. The moment you stop learning, you stop living. <laughs> Did you hear just what I said? The moment you stop learning, because I also thought I know it all. PhD, permanent head damage. <laughs> because I thought, oh, it's a wonderful thing. But listen, I didn't know anything until the revival hit in 2013. And then I discovered I have to detox. Somebody say, detox. Because your mind can be made up with the philosophies of men. Somebody else's idea. In Afrikaans, we say, Ye dogma. Ek dogma, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> and then you discover the gospel is simple. It's plain. Right through the book of Genesis 3 runs the scarlet thread. Oh, my word, with blood until on Calvary. Now, on Calvary, something, a great exchange happened. And then in the book of Acts, something happened. And in 1969, in November, I tapped into that exchange when I gave my heart to the Lord. Now, I was sharing. My dad also preached and, and uh, got out of a family of a lot of Dutch Reform ministers. My dad preached for the New Apostolics. And... Um, we went to church Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. They were busy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. And then I discovered with all this activity, I am lost. Because this is the phenomenal thing that you will discover about God. When you said, here I am. Now there's a lot of revival messages go on and revival is coming. And I believe it. And Bob Jones, God told him, go back in the 70s. There's a billion soul harvests coming forth. 
But we've been in numerous revivals where we've seen the dead raise, the cripple walk, the blind saw, supernatural miracles took place. I've seen the gold, I've seen the oil, I've seen the manna manifest, I've seen supernatural money manifest, I've seen miracles by the grace of God. But somewhere we have missed it. And on this time frame that we are in, turn to somebody, say, I cannot miss it, and I'm going to tell you why we miss it. Because the psalmist comes out in Psalm 103.7. Now listen, the whole scripture is what? For inspiration, for correction, to help us. to. God's only got that plan A. The word, the word, your word is a light and a lamp. <laughs> the one translation says, oh God, I need a roadmap because I'm a pilgrim on the face of the earth. Your word is my chart and my direction. It's the word, the word, heaven and earth shall pass away. But Jesus said, my word shall remain. And I'm going to help you with the word tonight because we must change to experience the greatness. Now listen what the psalmist said. He made known his ways to Moses. So there's two things, ways, but his acts to the children of Israel. Do you want God's ways or do you want God's acts? <laughs> they saw all the signs, all the miracles, all the things, how God spread the table, how God departed the sea, how God gave the enemies in the hand. They came to the mountain and where there was thunder and lightning and Moses up there and all these things they saw and still just only recognize God's ways. Listen. Oh my word, or oh God's, uh, uh, God's acts. They still build a golden calf of the money or the things they brought out of Egypt because this is where we mess up. A lot of people think the prophecy for now in 2020 about the revival and the awakening, the glory. Yes, I believe in the glory, but the glory needs to shine through us. It's not only something on us. It's something that shines through us. It's a lifestyle. And this is the thing that happened because if you're only looking for the acts of God, somewhere along the line, you'll get derailed because you will not understand his ways. Have you heard that novelty wears off? <laughs> That's where the charismatics and the Pentecostals are in trouble. We got so used to the presence of God and all the things that happen. And we took it for granted while it's every day something so phenomenal to wake up, to know I did not die during the night. I'm not clustered on a bed and fighting between life and death or tied to a life support machine because God is not finished with me yet living out my life mission in this life. Now life is very short. Now here we are. Jesus, three and a half years to impact the world, to fulfill the prophecy of Genesis chapter 3 and Isaiah's prophecy and Ezekiel's prophecy and all the prophecies of the Bible. <laughs> three and a half years after John's, since John said, there is the Lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world until heaven opened while Jesus was baptized. 
baptized in the river Jordan and said, this is my beloved son. And you've heard me spoken on this before. Because what did John did? John said, God, Jesus' purpose. God does nothing without we having and living for a purpose. It's not an accident. You're not an accident. You were designed by God. Listen. And then when he was baptized, God established his identity. This is my beloved son in whom, in whom I'm well pleased. And then out of that, Jesus in the desert. And then Satan tries to derail and my word to get Jesus to worship him and turn stones into bread. And Jesus used the number one weapon, the light, the word, the lamp. It is written, the ways of God. I want to help you because I was sitting this afternoon and thinking we can have glories. And I believe we have seen phenomenal things happen. I can tell you the night when the glory cloud and some of you were in that meeting when that man who had the stroke with the withered hand and the withered leg hand was in his pocket. When he ran under the glory cloud, he went up in the air, hit the floor and started running completely healed. That grandmother that brought that child with the brain damage that was instantly healed. That reverend, that domini that said, man, these things of the Holy Spirit is just brabble language. And how when he saw that ran under that glory cloud, the power hit him and he was filled with the Holy Ghost that moment. We've seen that. I've seen people come in these meetings. Great. But somewhere along the line, they missed the ways. They love the acts. Oh, my mother loved the acts of God. If a service wasn't there, a manifestation, she said, this is the most dead service I've ever been in. Oh, my word. But listen, it all starts with one thing, three and a half years. And then Jesus is at the point. He needs to pay the price. He needs to render Satan powerless. He needs to take back what the devil stole from God's creation. <laughs> now listen what he prayed. Oh my word. We are in Luke now. And Luke says, <laughs> my word. He says in verse 40, and when he came to the place, say the place is important. Where you are, the place is important. You see the whole thing about God. I cannot do it Frank Sinatra way. My way. Because my way, how many things did you try in life? And you felt this is God. This is how many people I counsel said, oh, God gave me this husband. God gave me this wife. I tried to tell them, be sure it's God. And then after a few years, it ended up in a disaster. Why? Because it was not God. If it was God, it wouldn't fail. <laughs> now, now, hear the word. Hear, he says, and when he came to the place, he said to them, pray. Say somebody pray. He didn't say preach. <laughs> if I had to take a city for the Lord, I'll first start praying for that city before I campaigning that city. He says, pray that you may not at all enter into temptation. Wow. And he withdrew from them about a stone through and knelt down and prayed. Jesus himself was a prayer person. Now, if he prayed, we need to pray. <laughs> 
<laughs> now the new revelations people had are sometimes Allah. We don't worship because we are worship. We don't pray because we are prayer. I said, oh my word, don't tell me that nonsense. Jesus prayed. <laughs> he said, and he's saying, Father, if you are willing, remove the cup from me, yet not my will. Oh, my word. And then in brackets, the Amplified says, always. Somebody say, always. See, that's the keys. That's the keys you need to unlock every promise, every greatness, every power, every ability, everything God gave you. It starts with always your will. He says, but always yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthened him in the spirit and been in agony of mind. He had a battle in his mind. He had to overcome that battle. That's why your mind must be renewed according Romans chapter 12, 1, 2, 3, according to the word of God that you can know the good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. He says he prayed all the more earnestly and intently and his sweat became like great clots of blood. Wow. First place of the seven places where Jesus shed his blood. The garden was the first place. Last weekend I told you, why in the garden? Because high trees and the first mistake, the first place where people took their will and overruled God's will happened in a garden. And here you find Jesus in the garden. You're going to see the parallels that comes through the word. Somebody say the word is alive. He says, dropping down upon the ground. And when he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from grief. And he said to them, why do you sleep? Get up and pray that you may not enter at all into temptation. And then we know how the crowds came and Judas at that very moment, the next verse explain how Judas did sell Jesus for the amount less than what a brown bread costs today. Now, this is phenomenal things if you can just grasp what God wants to do. Now, here is the word tonight because I want to help you this morning. We spoke on here I am and we had the eight incidences where the words here I am was used and we used Abraham and let me just uh, refresh your mind and and the fact that Abraham said, my word, that means that he would bring a sacrifice becomes before the blessing. If you want to see the promises of God, follow the instruction. Bring the whole tithe to the story as and see if I test me. The only place where God allows you to test him. <laughs> the only place where God says you can, you lend unto the Lord. He who gives to the poor lends unto the Lord. And the only place where the Bible ever said that you can test God is in Malachi. Now it's nothing about money. It's about honor. If I am your God, your father, where's my honor? Giving to God, helping the poor, helping finance that the gospel can be preached and the world can is about honoring God, <laughs> honoring God. It's a proven fact that money doesn't control you. Things doesn't control you. God is not against you having things. 
He doesn't want things to have you. And I've seen so many ministers that went up here. I preached in a big meeting. I was the keynote speaker. And afterwards they were discussing my shoe money is more than your car payment. Oh, this material was import for 79 American dollars a yard. Nothing. What the heck? The shoes I can wear. Pep store shoes. <laughs> it's the same principle. <laughs> Come on. Or oh, what suit? Now it's maybe fancy to wear those. And I have fancy stuff. But it doesn't control me. It doesn't belong to me. <laughs> God wants you to enjoy life. But he doesn't want the things of the life to enjoy you. <laughs> now, now listen. And then we spoke. That was Abraham had to sacrifice Isaac. And then we said, I face a fear I never thought I could face. Jacob, go down to Egypt. God changed his name from schemer to Israel, the overcomer. <laughs> He's no longer a worm. Oh, I feel like a worm. No, 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 no. If you feel like a worm, get out of that mindset. You are an overcomer. You are a champion. Yes, Life is not always fair, but you have a choice. And I share it on Thursday at my sister's memorial service when she went through a terrible, she was raped severely, something terrible happened. And I said, you have a choice. You can be better or better. That's why you're no longer the worm, Jacob, out of the book of Isaiah. You are Israel, the overcomer, the son, the heir of God. Oh my word, the daughter of God, you valuable, you precious, you, you, you on God's agenda, you're on his radar screen, he's aware all the time of you and the word and the Holy Spirit will let you grow up and help you not to make the mistakes that was made in the past. And then we looked at M Moses, I will see a miracle when I say here I am that I never thought I would see. Now he saw all these miracles, all these phenomenal things. And then we went to Samuel. I will hear a message. When God, speak, God speaks to you, I will hear a message. I thought I would never hear. Oh my word. And then we look at the life of Isaiah. Whom shall I send? And whom shall go? And we said, I got to a place I never thought I would go because every person I've just mentioned, when God called their name, Abraham, here I am. Jacob, here I am. <laughs> Moses, here I am. Samuel, here I am. <laughs> and then we looked at Isaiah. <laughs> whom shall I send and whom shall go? Here I am. Oh, my word. Isn't that phenomenal? And then we jump into the New Testament with Mary. Mary, I will trust a promise. Every promise of God is yea and amen. Before the promise comes a condition, I need to agree with what God said. Come on, somebody. You cannot agree with what I think and with logic and reason and human reason. I need to agree with God. And Mary said, let it be done. Unto the handmaiden of the Lord. Each person had to hand over. Yes, let thy will be done. And here I am. And then we looked at Ananias. I will serve a person, a generation. My neighbors, the one that's so that I don't like. And the one that harm me and hurt me and bring pain. You will serve them with the good news of Jesus. 
And then we spoke and I find a joy because Jesus said, I'm knocking on the door. The door that is knocking on we set this morning doesn't have a handle on Jesus' side, only on you on my side. He says, and I will come in and eat with you. And you will eat with me. So what we have discovered for this past few weekends, we no longer live for ourselves. We live for God. Matthew 10, Jesus' own words. Whoever tries to <laughs> listen, keep his life, win his life, will lose it. But he who loses his wife, his life, not his wife, his life, will Keep his life for the gospel's sake. Wow. Then Paul comes. Romans 14, 7. For none of us live for ourselves. See, this is the thing. Sometimes your mind needs to be offended. That can reveal what's in your heart. <laughs> and here Paul comes and he spoke to the church in Rome. For none of us live for ourselves or for him. But we live, if we live, we live for the Lord. Now we've said in the past, there's only two words in Jesus' whole <laughs> sermons, in his vocabulary, in his invitations is, come unto me if you are heavy, laden and burdened, because my yoke is light and it's easy. And the next word is go. So it's come and go. It's not come and just stay. And I don't mean church hopping. I don't mean, I mean with your mindset of your life mission. Now, when we spoke this morning, I want to bring you the journey that we are following. Because the journey starts in your life that you're going to live a clockwise. There's a message that I preach, how to live a clockwise life. A lot of people live anti-clockwise. And then they forward and backwards and forward and backwards. Ten steps forwards and twenty backwards. That's not God's idea. God takes you from here to the destination. His whole idea with the Hebrew children were not the desert for 40 years was out of Egypt, travel through the desert, through <laughs> and into the promised land. But through their own choices, they, through not believing God, not adding faith to what he said, made that they, <laughs> made that they could not enter in. And now God says in Numbers, because you keep on saying this, now I will give you your heart's desires. Go to the desert 40 years. New generation came out. That was not God's perfect will. That was maybe, if I can t permissive will. That was not his perfect. God doesn't actually have a permissive will. But to protect the promise, to protect the prophetic word, to protect what he said to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, because it's Jacob that moved there, that all those Hebrew children start in Egypt. To protect that promise, God can never lie. He had to secure what he said. And every negative person died so that a new generation could move into the promised land. Now, somebody say, it's a journey. Let me allow, allow me for the next few minutes while we visit in your home to speak to you about your journey, the life mission. <laughs> 
You, every day that you open your eye, you are on a journey. You're not getting younger. Days are multiplied, although I'm not having a birthday, Kayla said in 2020, because this year doesn't count. <laughs> of the lockdown. But listen, it's a journey. And the journey starts with, let thy will be done. God, I cannot figure it out. I try to work it. I cannot because your life can be interrupted in a split of a second. One diagnosis, one phone call, one mishap, one accident. I'm not saying these things must happen. I said it can. One of those things can. Satan's devices can interrupt your life in a split of a second to bring your focus. Now listen. And when we are on this thing, here I am. <laughs> after you said, let thy will be done, because you cannot say, let thy will be done and just stay passive. The next thing is, here I am. Now I will experience, and Jesus said, I'm knocking at the door. I want to feast with you. That's why we are co-laborers with God, says the word. Because remember, ways and acts, you choose. Uh, if you choose the ways, you will have the acts following. If you only choose the acts, you will miss the ways of God. And that's where a lot of people stay mediocre, stay in survival, become proudful. Oh, my word, I've seen pride and self-centeredness and arrogance like I've never seen before. While it's a humble, serving is the key to greatness. It's not how good I can preach, not how smart I look, not what fancy car I drive, not what neighborhood I live in. I can live in all these fair, and I can miss God. There's a lot of people missing God right now. But God's faithful to his word. It's a now time. Listen, because when I say here I am, I cannot stop there. It's now a progressive journey. Somebody say the word of God is progressive. The word of God is progressive. My life is progressive Growing into fullness. That's the book of Hebrews. I need to grow to maturity. Every day of my life, I need to grow. If I did not change from last week till this week, I'm not growing. I'm stagnant. I'm in trouble. That's why I need to grow. And because the moment when I say, here I am, then Jesus is no longer only my Savior he becomes my Lord and Savior, my Savior and my Lord. What is a Lord? Somebody that rules. I come under his rulership. I hand over whatever is mine. <laughs> I'm now under his control so that I can be manifest as a son and a daughter of God. Romans chapter 8, the sons of God needs to be manifest. How? Those who are led by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit will never lead you in error. I've heard people say, a lady came to me, she said, I know the Bible says, but God tells me different, and you're not going to convince me. And I said, oh, Casper, <laughs> Casper the ghost. <laughs> it's not the Holy Ghost, because God is connected to his word. <laughs> Listen, people, the moment when I come under his rulership, that is Lord, with let thy will be done, what will I display and manifest? <laughs> I will manifest and display through that he's my Savior and my Lord and my Lord and my Savior 
that I am under now his leadership, his control, come on, (laughs) that I automatically move as God wants me to move. And I have now a desire. (laughs) I'm not obligated. You see, I'm very observant. Uh, When people say I'm working for God or I'm doing something for God, do they do it out of obligation? Because you did something to them? Or do they do it with a willing heart? Effort is the greatest enemy to any great assignment, to greatness in your life, to any vision, to any instruction, when things becomes an effort. That's why cancel effort. If something is an effort, don't do it. Because you don't do it with all of your heart. It's only he and she who are willing and obedient. I ask myself, why am I in ministry? I was a businessman. I could have made much more money. But I'm here because I'm tied to my destiny. I live my life mission, not out of obligation, but out of he's the Lord of all. (laughs) Once I was lost, I have a song the angels cannot sing. Amazing grace. (laughs) For a lot of people, it becomes amazing grapes. (laughs) How sweet and round. (laughs) No, no, no. That's why I have now a desire. Listen. (laughs) To do his commandments, his instruction, and his will. That's the guarantee in life. Because Jesus said in John chapter 14, and in verse 15 and And go on to 21. If you love me, Jesus telling his disciples, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, my word. And then in verse 21, the A section, whoever has my commandments and keeps them. What did we say is our biggest enemy? Not the devil, not your mother-in-law, not your husband, not your wife, not the government, not the president, not whoever. The greatest enemy is a lack of knowledge, ignorance. Jesus said, Jesus, not Gustav, not Paul, not Peter, not John. Jesus said, listen, (laughs) whoever has my commandments and keeps them, do them, is the one who loves me. Oh, that person is the one that loves me when he have my commandments and he does them. Now, that is an unquestioning obedience. Wow. Unquestioning obedience is the key. God said, do it. You say, why must I do it? For what reason? Do you know the, the, the concept? No, no. God knows the end from the beginning. That's why every instruction in the Bible that God gave us is for our benefit because it will help you to demonstrate Satan's defeat, to let his kingdom come, to live out the kingdom life. The faith life is the kingdom life. To live that life, the just shall live. Not by what they observe, not by feelings. I go through emotions. These days that I don't want to get up. I said, flesh, you better get out of this bed. (laughs) I don't ask myself how I feel. If people say, how are you feeling? I said, I'm great. Even if I, in the physical, 
<laughs> I said, I'm great because I am great. Greater is he, you have too much of God inside of you to suffer <laughs> with the enemy's devices. Listen, <laughs> it's an unquestioning obedience to Jesus. Wow. Unquestioning. When he said, do this, just do it. Just do it. That's why the church is in trouble all over the world. We're not a doing church. We question Mark because as long as we carry questioning obedience, listen, he will only be your savior and never become your Lord. It's when he's Lord and savior, savior and Lord, that you have on God by the grace and mercy and great men and women will tell you how they got where they are. It was that unquestionable obedience. What you look at the flower and the oil and you see death, but God sees abundance. (laughs) Jacob saw famine. God saw through his action that he can activate the miraculous people. That's what God wants you to have. (laughs) Not questioning obedience. Now, I've never shared that word ever in my life, but unquestionable or unquestioning obedience. Oh, my word. Because listen what happens. (laughs) Eleven of the twelve disciples called him Lord. Only one never called him Lord. That was the one that caused the biggest trouble, Judas. He called him teacher. He called him (laughs) Rabboni. But he never said, my Lord. Peter even, in his weakness, he called Jesus Lord. Now, this is a phenomenal thing. Now, let me help you with something. Because that's why all these, and I just want to touch on it, because remember what we're talking on. Let thy will be done, the journey. The journey that we need to follow. You, you want to go to Joburg. You want to go to God's promises. What do you do? You have to get in the car. You have to put the car on, put petrol in, and start driving. You cannot just sit here at the house and say, I'm going to Joburg, I'm going to Joburg, choo-choo-choo, I'm going to Joburg. And 24 hours when you open your eyes, you're still in your driveway. You need, it's action. Somebody say action. The same with us. We need to have, follow the journey. <laughs> what did we say? There's a way that seems right. And the end is death. Many other plans in a man's heart, but it's the purposes. So you can follow your plans or do God's purpose. I want to do God's purpose. Lofton must do God's purpose. Every person here that hear the word must do God's purpose. Otherwise, you're not going to experience him as Lord, only for the salvation matter as Savior. <laughs> now, now. That's why revival, everybody. Whoa, when we say revival, you can advertise revival. People flock to that meetings. We can shout revival awakening. Revival is that which was dead come back to life. And we say awaken. So it's a whole army rise up. But that's the problem where we start. We stop and you cannot do it because revival and awakening is to make us aware that he is not only our savior, he must become Lord again. Acts chapter two from verse 42, you will see the results of revival and the rest of Acts. If that result is not there, you are in big trouble. It's giving birth 
to something that's just going to live three weeks, three months. We've been in a three months revival. We've been in years of revival from 2013. We've been in 1989 uh, or 1918, three months revival. I've been in previous revivals. And why did it die? Why did it die? Because somewhere we didn't continue with the journey. We stop where we begin and we never grow on to the fullness. Does that make sense tonight? Do you understand the word? Listen, because in 1959, God made a promise in this, in Brackenfell, Cryfontein, the awakening will start here. I, I cannot do anything else and I'm not arrogant about it. I'm desperate about it. And that will ignite the world. Now, people came to me and said, you preach that. That's not the tip of Africa. Oh, well, the Western Cape is the tip of Africa. <laughs> no, it's Agalas. What's going on in Agalas? There's only seals sitting on the rocks there and penguins walking around. <laughs> no, we're here to change our Jerusalem and the whole Samaria until the uttermost parts of the world. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you destined to impact, to change the world. Man, I wish I could jump through this lenses of this camera and shake the church to get awake that we can start moving because how longer we slumber, how more the enemy will work his way and how more people, people are disillusioned. They they have no hope. They lost their expectations and they suicidal. And Tuesday, people is going to be drunk that was never drunk. And people smoke that because can you imagine people make a fuss about cigarettes and, 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 and liquor? And what about us who's supposed to impact the world? Let's get excited tonight. Let's get excited. The world needs you. But it starts with Handing your will over to God. No longer to do it my way and your way, but to do it God's way. His ways, not his acts only. Listen. Now, this is the phenomenal thing. In Luke chapter 2, 11, Now, the angel appeared to the shepherds. Now, this was quite remarkable when I was reading this this afternoon. He, he gave them a message. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. <laughs> That's where a lot of people, boom, full stop, no comma. <laughs> Who is Christ the Lord, the ruler, the promise, the prophetic promise, the God manifesting the flesh, the word that becomes flesh, John chapter 1. That day. He's not only Savior, but He's Lord. A ruler over everything. Ruler. That's what Lord means. A ruler. <laughs> now listen. Oh my word. And this is so phenomenal. That when that is established, that He is Lord and Savior through awakening and through revival, come on somebody, then we will settle with the Word. We will not settle with anything less. We will settle with the word. Two, three weeks before the revival happened here in Cape Town, Philip Rasmussen told me, Dr. Philip Rasmussen, I was visiting with him in California. And he said, this revival is going to hit your church. But listen to this. Never worship the effects. 
In other words, don't run after the manifestations. Never get in this title business. <laughs> Some people have more titles <laughs> than what the building is long. They cannot write. All they <laughs> I was preaching at the place, prelude, senior, chief apostle, doctor, then pastor, prophet, evangelist. And what's the other one? Teacher. And I look at this and I thought, oh, Jesus. So before we went into the auditorium, I'm the keynote speaker. He had people in black outfits with flea collars, the Floyd collars. <laughs> White gloves blocked me. I want to walk in. You know, I don't need to entrance and be in a special chair. I said, no, nobody walks in front of the prelude, <laughs> the chief. <laughs> I thought we're going in this building. There must be thousands of people. Oh, Jesus. If there was 30, there was a lot. But he's got all these titles. Drink out of the crystal with gold. I don't have time for that. This Afrikaans word I use, kachel. Now, some of you will know what I mean. <laughs> I didn't spare. I don't have time for that. It's time wasting. People love the, I want to see the genuineness of God manifest through us because those things don't change the world. The bodyguards don't change. We, it's when people are before God and we honor you as Lord. We hand our, our will. God, we are awakened. We are revived. We came, we were dead, but we are alive now in our spirit, man. And now we're here to do your will. Listen, because... <laughs> that's what, when we put the word above everything, then we demonstrate that we love God. What does the world need tonight to change? What did Jesus say? How will people know I am a disciple, a true disciple? By all the dead people I've raised? No. By all the blind people that saw? No. All the deaf ears that, no. All the legs that grew up, all the cancers. No, no, no. <laughs> How prosperous, no. <laughs> That's not. People will know that I am a disciple, the fundamental thing by my love for God. And this is what Jesus said, because this will not manifest until you hand over your world tonight and said, here I am. And then obeying, obeying, obeying what Jesus instructs us. Come on, people. It's demonstrating that we love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all our soul, with all my strength. So it's completeness of myself that I love him when everything is in line for his glory. <laughs> Listen, because when I do that, I will follow that instruction. All my soul, all my mind, all my strength. This is phenomenal. And that's what Jesus said. <laughs> he, he said in Matthew 28, that's a very interesting scripture. Now you can read it as a discipleship scripture. Somebody said, oh, you are in that discipleship program. No, it's not a program. Oh, you've got that new thing. No, it's not a new thing. It's as old as Jesus. <laughs> in Matthew 28, he says, 
All power, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. What did he declare? That he's Lord. He's Lord. He rendered Satan powerless, the very enemy of mankind, with all his strategies and tactics and manipulation. Jesus rendered him powerless. Come on, somebody. He's got no effect. As long as I have the word, it is written, Satan. Take your, that's what we're going to do after this message. We're going to command the devil to take his hands off your body, your money, your business, your family. You're going to lay hands on it in Jesus' name. Listen. Oh, my word. He declared his lordship right after that. To the disciples he was busy. He tells them, I am Lord. He said, now he gave the instruction. Go and make disciples of all nations. Teach them. Baptize them. What did he say? He said, make disciples. Not church members, not churchgoers only. Make disciples that can disciple other people, that can change the world. That's the key Jesus used to change the world. Listen tonight, and I know I'm open for a lot of flack that people, everybody said revival is going to do it. Ah, I believe it. But what do we do when revival comes? If we're not discipling the people, it's just going to be going to a peak and fall down again. And every time when it tumbles down, the country goes in a worse state and people are in a worse state than before because now they live in the past. Oh, in, in the years of John G. Lake, in the years of Smith Beagle Smith, in the years of Oral Roberts, and they never can say, now! It's the now moment of God. That's important to you. Can you hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you tonight? to tell you you're vital, important on God's agenda. We cannot waste time. In Ephesians chapter 6 or chapter 5, Paul already said, redeem the time. If that time was to be redeemed 2,000 plus years ago, how much more are we more in trouble now to redeem the time? Turn to somebody, say, don't waste time, don't waste time, don't waste time. You, you, you don't have time to waste any longer. Don't waste time because you never know what can happen. And that's why, listen, <laughs> oh my word, that means go and make disciples. It's the Lordship of Jesus that speaks here. That's his will. That's his ways. Not his acts, his ways, his ways, his ways. Go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. Then his will will instruct the, to those who him is Lord of their lives. Now, let me get to Peter. Peter was the most perfect example of what Jesus did. Listen. And he's a perfect example of revival awakening and walking in a third-day dimension. 
I preach a lot about. When I talk about revival, I cannot leave the third day out. Hosea chapter 6, 1 and 2. In the first day we were slain. In the second day he will revive us. And in the third day we will walk in resurrection power. Peter, the perfect example of that uh, pattern or journey that God gave us. Now, Peter, listen what happened. <laughs> they saw Jesus. They saw all the miracles. They saw the mountains. They saw Lazarus coming out of the grave. They saw uh, the, the, the woman with the boy on the, uh, the, in the funeral procession. They saw all these miracles, the multiplication of the, the bread and the fishes, the water turns into wine. They saw all this. That was revival. That was revival with an awakening. But that was not enough. Oh, Gustav, how can you say that? Because in Peter's life, you will find the mixture between Savior and Lord. There's a possibility that it was not a made-up mind all the time. Wow. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't give the instruction with his resurrection when the lady was there, Mary, and said, go and tell my disciples and Peter I have risen. Now, let me just come to the conclusion that we can pray. Listen, you cannot stop. Now, Peter's problem was he stopped there, and when he faced the first obstacle, that Jesus that was now betrayed and <laughs> he was uh, going to be crucified, he completely operate in a different dimension, in the old ways. Now, this is phenomenal. We need to move into that resurrection power, and you will see how Jesus went, got hold of Peter, the last book of John, and brought him back into the third day resurrection power. Now, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Three times, people said, Peter said, I don't know him. <laughs> Jesus warned him before the cock crow three times. One time you will deny me three times. Now, this is a phenomenal question. Here are the disciples. Jesus said, throw it into the other side, catch the fish. And then when Peter realized it's the Lord, he dressed and started swimming and came and Jesus was preparing breakfast. Now, I paraphrase, that's the last book in John. And then while his disciples was there, <laughs> Jesus asked Peter three times a question. He didn't ask Peter, will you preach for me? Peter, will you heal the sick for me? Peter, will you make money for the kingdom? He, he didn't ask that question. Peter, will you be a superstar? He didn't ask that question. What he asked Peter, <clears throat> he asked him three times, do you love me? Three times Peter denied him. Now, I'm not saying that's the reason Jesus asked him, but Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And every time, now I need to read it out of the Amplified Bible. And when I can read it out of the Amplified, you will see the explanation and it will help you a lot to understand. In John, the last chapter of John, oh my word, this blowed my mind this afternoon while I was reading it. And listen what he said. Now remember, <laughs> here Jesus instruct them. Here Jesus was. He told them, 
Before that, he was resurrected. He appeared also three times to his disciples. Is that amazing? How the number three is important. You are three-dimensional. You are a spirit man. You live in a physical body and you possess a soul. The tabernacle <laughs> was the outer court, the holy and the holy of holies. Isn't that amazing? How the number three. Now, I'm not in numbers. Please don't say Gustav is now in the number. No, no, no. I'm not saying this thing. I'm saying the number three is something significant. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is one. And in the third day, he was resurrected. Now, listen what happened here. And then in Acts, in John chapter 21, and then Jesus asked him, and he said, <laughs> oh, my word. He said, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, this is in verse number 15. 14 says, this was now the third time that Jesus revealed himself, appeared, was manifest to the disciples after he had risen from the dead. When they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? <laughs> in brackets, than others do with reasoning <laughs> or intentional spiritual devotion as one loves the Father. Now, when Peter answered him, I love you, phileo is the Greek word there, phileo. That's human love. Uh, God, you, Jesus, you know I love you. And then <laughs> he said <clears throat> that you love me. And then Peter said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you, that I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you. That's phileo. As for a close friend, phileo. Phileo, will somebody say in Afrikaans? He said to him, that's the Greek word, feed my lambs. See, the whole thing about what a Jesus came and he saw the people as sheep without a shepherd. <laughs> This is very significant to make disciples is feed the sheep. Make disciples. Then again he said to him, second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? <laughs> With reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion. As one loves the father and he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, that I have a deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend, still phileo. Jesus tried to move him from phileo, Greek word for love, there's four words in Greek, to agape, unconditional. <laughs> no longer on my terms, on your term, Lord. I, I love you, unquestionable. <laughs> and then Jesus said to him, Peter said to him, you know that I love you. And he said to him, shepherd, tend my sheep. Woo, that can preach. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep, instinctive, personal affection for me as for a close friend? <laughs> Peter was grieved, was saddened, was heard that he should ask him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you that I have a deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. 
<laughs> now this is amazing. <laughs> feed my lambs, tend to my sheep, and then feed my sheep, disciple making. Wow. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, when you were young, you girded yourself, put on your own belt or girdle, and you walked about wherever you pleased to go. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put a girdle around you and carry you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. Whenever you have a word, here I am. It will always be, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you. That I make you first becomes my follow. To follow, I need to hand over my will, my everything. Come under his jurisdiction, make him Lord of all. And uh, now when you go on, then you will read that Jesus said, just as my father has sent me, it's before that incident, I sent you. Now let me close. This is the thing that you need to understand. <laughs> Peter at a time tried to, ch to change God's prophecy. When Jesus said he's going to die and everything, he said, my God prohibit it or forbid it. And then Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He tried to because he didn't understand the ways. He saw the acts. Now there's a difference. Listen, study it. You will see. And then he denied Jesus three times. He saw all those things. Oh, you're one of them. You talk like him. You look. Oh, I don't know him. And then after the third time, the cockroach. Listen, this is amazing. Then Peter's next action was, I will go fishing. I'll turn back where I came from. I'll go fishing. I go back to the familiar. I, I, I go back to what I was used to. That's the most dangerous thing. When the church turned back to what they were used to and not moving progressively with the heartbeat in sync with heaven. And then we can ask, we see here now, where Jesus asked Peter, <laughs> who's the person after that incident that was now revived, awakened, wait in the upper room from that incident, do you love me? Became 50 days. Oh, the Pentecostal films, the crucifixion. How many days also? 11, 15, 20, whatever the days may be. Who was the person when everybody, when the outpouring happened in Acts chapter 2? Who stood up? The same Peter that was awakened, and revived. He didn't stop there. <clears throat> he walked now in resurrection power because in Acts chapter 3, they from 2 on, you will see how they raise the, the crippled man and the miracles and signs that followed. Now listen, that's why it's the third day by handing over my will. It's in the third day where the super connects with the natural and the supernatural happen. It's a faith journey where you call the things that are not as if they were. Where you call speak to dead things to come alive. Where you lay your hands on the sea, God will heal them. You cast out <laughs> devils, you raise the dead, you take a poison, nothing happens. You speak in new tongues, that's Jesus, Matthew chapter 16. 
Now listen. In the third day is where God needs his church to move in this nation and in the nations of the world. And it must start in South Africa. He's going to carry the promise. To awaken the church, not with the acts only, but with the ways. The way how God operates is go and make disciples, teach them. Be on the same page. Be in unity. Become a team. A teamwork makes the dream work, not an individual that's a superstar. That's why we are a family. That's six things that you were created for, for God's pleasure, part of a family. Oh, my word, to be, to make disciples, to become disciples, to become Christ-like, to live out your ministry, to pray, to be an evangelist. Come on, people, that's all. That's the journey of God. And listen, and then on that third day, in John 14, verse 8, Jesus showed us what it is when people love him partially or have a partial identification or a full identification. Because he said to them, I'm so long with you. And you say, show me the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> then he, oh my word, that's a powerful, powerful scripture. Because in John 14, and then he instruct them. And it's in the instruction that the victory comes. It's giving to the poor that you lend to the Lord. It's honoring God. It's preaching the gospel. It's serving God. It's prayer. Pray for one another. Pray for the country. Pray for the present. It's when you pray. When the saints begin to pray, God will have his way. <laughs> Listen, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father in verse 8. Cause us to see the Father, that is all we ask, then we shall be satisfied. Jesus replied, I have been with you all of those so long time, and do you not recognize and know me yet? Philip, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say then, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. That's why what we must display in this time is Jesus less of me. Not revelation only, but live Jesus. Be Jesus to a dying world that they can see it through you. What I'm telling you, I do not say of my own authority and of my own accord. But the Father who lives continually in me does the, his works, his own miracles, deeds of power. Believe me that I am in the Father, Father in me. <laughs> or else believe me for the sake of the very works themselves. If you cannot trust me, at least let these works that I do in my Father's name convince you. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be also do the things that I do. And he will do greater things. You're destined for greater works, greater things than these. Because I go to the Father and I will do. I myself will grant whatever you ask in my name. As presenting all that I am. So that the Father may be glorified and extolled in and through the Son. Yes, I will grant. I myself will do you whatever you shall ask in my name as presenting all that I am. If you really love me, oh, Jesus, you will keep, you will obey my commands 
And I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. And that's the key. Come on, people. That's the key. That if you can really believe him, do his will, then the purpose of the Holy Spirit is so significant and so powerful and so great in your life. John chapter 20, 21. As the Father has sent me, I sent you. And then we come to the conclusion. The third day church will be a church that acknowledge the three things that's vital, important for my life mission. My identity, my purpose, and how valuable time is. We cannot waste any time. Don't waste time. They will acknowledge they need three things. A mentor, a the model, Jesus. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. They need a mentor, somebody that can disciple them. And then they need followers that they can disciple. That's what you know. need to know. They will walk in resurrection power because the third day is a resurrection day when you move in him and live in that resurrection power. Now, let me tell you what happens in the third day. This is where you demonstrate what Jesus did at Calvary. Get your accounts Get your bank things now. Where you have a condition in your body if somebody is close by. If you have a business, whatever the enemy has stolen from you. What you have lost in life. Get it now in your hands. Because what I'm going to say and then we're going to pray. This is what Jesus did to him at Calvary. The devil was literally fired. Oh my word. He was unemployed. He's unemployed. <laughs> Listen. He's an alien now. Now it's amazing. We still give him jobs. <laughs> While he's unemployed, we say, oh, the devil is so big. Oh, and the devil has robbed me. Oh, and the devil, and the devil, the devil, the devil, and the devil has power. No, he's got no power, only what we allow him. You have the authority. Jesus said, I gave you the authority. There in Luke. Come on, somebody. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Now, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 14 to 15, we see plainly that it is fear that keeps us in bondage. Wow, that's scripture I'm reading now. <laughs> now, <clears throat> the word bondage here is a Greek word. Duliha, <laughs> which means to be a slave. You're not a slave. Why do we allow Satan to make slaves? Why are the systems of the world occupied? fear, and we are in doubt, and can God do it? Yes, God can. Didn't the angel told Mary, she's a virgin, she's going to have a virgin birth. What's impossible with man? Nothing is impossible with God. Come on, somebody. So when we fear, we give the devil a right to rule over our lives. Say, no more fear. Say, I rebuke the spirit. Say, fear, you have no legal right over my life. No COVID-19, no SARS, no lockdown, no, no, no announcements. Nothing is going to keep me in bondage. Not what people say. I believe the word of the Lord because Satan has been destroyed, <laughs> which is interpret. Listen, there's a Greek word also for that. You spell it K-A-T-A. R-G-E-O and that word means to render idle to unemployed to make it inactive or inappropriative listen 
<laughs> to cause a person or a thing to have no further efficiency. That's what that Greek word means. To, uh, oh my word, to deprive and force, uh, force influence uh, of power, no power. It's to cause or to seize, to put an end, to do away with, to annul, to abolish, <laughs> to seize, to pass away. To be done away, to be, <laughs> listen, <laughs> separated from, to terminate all intercourse of that one. Oh my word, the devil is defeated. He's a liar, his pants is on fire. <laughs> he has no authority because you have the victory. When you do the will of God, whatever you ask in my name, will be done. You have the power. Say, I have the power. I will not be a slave. I am a free person. I am a son of God. I am an heir of God. Everything that belongs to my father is mine. Everything Jesus paid for is mine now in Jesus' name. Put your hands on that stuff and lay your hands on. Say, Father, now in the name of Jesus, Whatever Satan has stolen from me, whatever challenge I face, whatever condition there is, whatever financial crisis, whatever diagnosis of the Amashika, in the mighty name of Jesus, I command you, devil, with the word of God, it is written. You are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And my testimony says I am free. My needs are met. I'm out of debt. There's plenty more to put in store. I will never have another broke day in my life. By his stripes I am healed. I've been made whole. I am not under the curse. I am blessed. Hallelujah. I am blessed with all blessings. <laughs> Spiritual blessings through Christ Jesus. I am blessed with all the blessings of Deuteronomy 1, 28 from verse 1 to 14. Oh my word, I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I will not be defeated. I cannot take no for an answer. I hold on and hold on until my breakthrough is here. I confront the enemy with the word and with the power of the seed, my family will be saved. My life will have a great turnaround for the good. <laughs> because the God, Ephesians 3.20, that I serve can do the exceedingly, the abundantly, the above, what I ever ask or pray for. Come on, people, lift that expectation. Don't settle for less. Your, your tomorrow doesn't need to be a repeat of your today, and your future doesn't need to be a repeat of your past. Oh, my word, because you change it tonight. You said, yes, here I am. And if God is for you, who can be against you? And Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I have for you and the plans not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you a future of hope. That's your word tonight. If there's somebody watching and you don't know Jesus, the only prayer the Lord can hear from a sinner is salvation. Come on, that's the word. <laughs> And pray this prayer that you can tap into the fullness. Say, Lord Jesus, I want this. It's mine now. 
Forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. I come short of the glory of God. I need the peace of God. And I get the peace that surpasses all understanding by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior right now. Lord, thank you for making me your son and your daughter. Forgiving me. Wash me in the blood. Put my name in the book of life. I will serve you. I hand over my will. We pray right now for people that's in hospital somewhere and we've got a family that are affected and we speak life right now. We speak life over everybody. We say COVID-19, you have no authority. We speak life. We rebuke the spirit of death over this nation. We speak life. <laughs> life over resurrection power come in that bodies right now in Jesus name. Every diagnosis of the doctor bow before the word of the Lord we speak God's provision because I am a giver I have liberty to tap into the promises of God that all my needs are met I'm out of debt I will never have that another broke day I'm prosperous everything my hands touch are blessed in the name of Jesus the living Christ tonight what an honor to serve you. Oh, my word, I get so carried away with the word because I felt the presence of God like a hammer crushing a rock. The mountains are moving. Obstacles out of your way. Call the things and you will see what God's going to do through you in this time that we're living in. Go and make disciples. Gustav de Toy from Loftal International from the Western. What an honor to serve you all the prayer requests, every prayer request, we speak life, lay your hands on it, and you will not have a negative outcome, but the perfect will of God will manifest. Tomorrow morning, that's Monday to Friday, the keys of faith every day. Use what you have to get what you want in Jesus' powerful name. Until tomorrow morning, we love you.